Hello listeners, uh, welcome back to Bangalore Bits and this is our episode number 6. Hey Subhu. Hey. So how was the week? Weekend was good. I was just thoroughly enjoying India South Africa. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about World Cup at <laughs> the end of it. I mean it is pretty exciting. India is on sort of a role here. Uh, so today's episode is slightly different. Uh, we have been, in the past 5 episodes is we are talking about a lot of technology areas. Uh, today we are uh, uh, excited to get our guest. Uh, his name is Venkat Sri Raman. Hi, Subo. Hey, Venkat. Uh, he is a co-founder of Evidya Loka, a non-profit organization focusing bringing quality education to rural India. Yes. Uh, hope I said that right. Yeah. So they they were running. Uh, uh, he and his team is running this uh, whole organization for close to four years now. Yeah. You finished your. Fourth. fourth year, yeah. Fourth year. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, being a startup in this space. What's been the experience? Um, how did he came up with this whole idea? Uh, he came from an engineering background, working in large corporates, um, and he decided to quit and start this. Uh, and so we're going to share kind of his experience and generally talk about overall what this whole education space in India looks like and where the EVDA logo plays a role and we're also going to see what other organizations are doing similar things even in India or in other countries. So with that Venkat, um, so why don't we start with how did you start EVDA logo or what's been your genesis? Mm, sure. Thanks Abhu. It's a wonderful evening here actually. So. Uh, so I'll come from the technology background as you rightly said it's more of switching to the social sector than actually quitting the uh, professional world okay. uh, because we continue that professionalism in what we are doing right now uh, even though it's a non-profit uh, organization right. so it's very interesting actually so where me and myself and my other co-founder Satish who got connected over just an email uh, with a common passion of actually uh, helping the society uh, okay. Well, I've always been carrying the <coughs> conviction that technology can solve uh, really large problems uh, and does continue to. And in India, actually, today we do have kind of deep social chronic issues that requires attention and scale. Um, I've been always been a lookout for how we can use a, leverage technology to solve a social problem. And uh, Satish actually is a passionate teacher, and uh, he has been in fact teaching online couple of. Uh, students from rural places uh, and accounts, commerce, and helping them, guiding them uh, with their professional courses in the chartered accountancies and ACS. So, kind of came around together, and then one fine day, I uh, said, Let's, why can't we try something doing an online cla- classes for our school children? So, we ran a summer camp for uh, two months in a village near Trichy, and uh, uh, the experience was kind of uh, quite uh, awakening actually it's been quite realizing for both of us and uh, we said I mean well let's well we want to do uh, a technology in the social let's try to understand this space actually right so we kind of took two steps back and uh, uh, said let's understand what how what really is education uh, landscape means in this country actually okay. right? so when when you did this summer camp uh, you said you selected a, a village in Truchi near mm-hmm. Truchi so what was the reason, why did you choose something which is non-metro or a... Or a I or come a from Tirchi, okay. uh, we had been working in few villages and when I relocated back to Hyderabad, I got a little disconnected. Now I've been looking for opportunities to connect back and then I came across this organization called Pyre, 
uh, which was working in a rural village and had actually the connectivity uh, back with them so okay. it is just by accident we bumped across this place uh, as we were looking to trace back to my native village and start from there actually okay okay so after after that so when did you really thought like said you should go this mainstream right so after Yeah so so see the whole online teaching i mean uh, it's it's definitely something fascinating uh, but at the same time that necessarily is not the core uh, innovation actually that did exist for quite a while so we said i mean if you uh, what really is required to take this online teaching to large set of people actually right? so if you want to build a scalable there is a delivery model underneath actually which makes this online teaching uh, really replicable and uh, uh, scalable actually right so Uh, to now if you want to reach that as we said uh, is going back to the uh, what problem we are trying to solve mm-hmm. through that right uh, we then went back to understand see if you see the last 4 5 decades of uh, how the education has evolved in this country uh, is there has been huge investments from the governmental side and uh, uh, today we are talking about 1.3 million schools in this country and 90% of them are in rural areas okay. 85% of those are government schools So we're talking about close to a million schools in this country in rural villages, and uh, the investments in the last few decades in the form of midday meal schemes and the programs yeah. from Sarva Shiksha Abhiyan, etc., has improved a lot of quality parameters of education from the government. Just to show a sample, right? If you look at today, 73% of the schools have got pakka buildings uh, where the children can come safely for the educational purpose, okay. and uh, there are 97% enrollment. as of today actually right? so under children and children in the village 97 of them attend to the school actually so i think uh, if i remember in tamil nadu i think it started probably mgr i don't know uh, who started the mid mid day meal scheme so at uh, that kind of drew lot of students back into the school into the school maybe parents were energized to send them so yeah no so earlier they were saying okay i have the schools government was wondering why the children are not coming to the school yeah, they are dropping off actually. they are dropping off right and then they realized that actually the uh, children are not having sufficient nutrition they have to work for their food and hence if they want to earn money to feed the children they have to employ the children for the yeah. on the daily wages and other works right. right government clearly came with the strategy of okay if feeding the child is your challenge we'll introduce her and that's when tamil nadu has definitely been a pioneer in yeah. bringing this mid day meal schemes and which was then adopted across the country actually so when when you ran this uh, summer camp so which basically lead to the larger larger right. startup idea right right so what was the key learning there which what kind of probably just triggered in for you mm. to build that so uh, while the problem we saw as i said children coming to the school they have a place to stay and then having food to eat but the core challenge was basically their learning levels so do we still see the learning levels of the children or not up to the mark that we see here at, at par with the urban kids right? at par with uh, any quality of education provided right. kid actually right across the globe so uh, even though they come to school attended day in and day out they but still learn something which is which is not quality quality enough for them to take it forward and stuff correct i mean if if, if you want say can you do a, a two digit division right a fifth grade children is not able to 55% of the children is not able to read a standard two text Right. right 75% of the children of grade 5 do not even know what is division right so which means there is clearly is a gap of uh, or between what is expected from the education and what is being finally achieved by the children so uh, uh, so coming to that so was that challenge was never really addressed because the midday meal scheme kind of addressed one part of it correct so was the 
the uh, the quality education from the teachers i mean availability of good teachers correct so what has been your experience in saying okay uh, the existing setup hasn't really addressed and what do you think are some of the drawbacks and why it's not happening right so really there are teachers as i said i mean there are huge investments by the government as well uh but the focus so far has been predominantly on the infrastructure side and fundamentals getting the children to the school of late last 10 12 years there has been huge investments in the teacher development and building right. teacher capacity but there is still an acute shortage of uh teachers especially quality teachers right well, we why do is that? so people who are pursuing the passion of teaching right so very fewer people today are taking up the profession of teaching okay. and more so acute in remote village where the availability itself right so the, the educated population has migrated down to cities right so hence mm-hmm. the people who are pursuing the education or the teaching as a profession itself has been a continued challenge today the availability of kitchen is a lot of lot of motivation to stay in a rural village and then continue to motivate correct just like how you don't find doctors yeah. in rural villages mm-hmm. right it's, it's just yeah. not economically viable or uh, it doesn't uh, incentivize enough okay. uh, for people to operate in that area right so i wouldn't say i mean is the problem is not it was not attempted to solve uh, what we see here at this point in time subo uh, is the evolution of technology the communicational the telecom penetration into these villages makes it a very ripe where while you may not have people in those villages but we do have people across the globe who are passionate about teaching want to help others right uh, but do not know where to go actually because of the geographical constraints right. so we what we are looking at really uh, which triggered up this whole uh, startup thing is two aspects of it based on the summer camp learning which you are asking subo is on one side uh, is the children uh, is able to make use of this such online teaching on one end and on the other end the so availability you, you saw a gap when they don't have the lack they they clearly have a lack of quality education and you yes. also see the technology side which is coming in which is right and then we find lot of people so available who can volunteer who can volunteer so here right all so these are basically disconnected correct sitting around correct uh in fact just before to go how evidiloka is connecting into this the biggest learning from this uh, summer camp exercise here is what quite awakening uh where there is a general perception that here is the child will is, will be motivated enough to participate in such a technology driven virtual medium learning will the, will the child connect with the teacher emotionally where all the kind of questions popping up in our mind and then the people involved okay. and what we see here is uh, i mean it was quite uh self realizing for us even as individuals is the child when he or she comes to the school comes completely unbiased and no opinions in, the, in her mind actually mm. right they come they think come to the school they think this is how class happens right so they instantly connect with actually what is being rather told and shown and how it is being done etc rather than who is saying or is it the right medium or is it they just don't carry any such bias so it makes okay. it extremely simple and uh, that's been one of the single most motivation factor for us to actually pursue this journey further and invest more and then make it happen for the deserving child actually so from from a child coming to the child side of it so these these children are from a certain age you target or yeah so we are, we that's a good great question actually right so we actually then looked at actually which is the right segment of children whom we can address Uh, we saw that basically, I mean, children between the age group of ten to fourteen, actually, right? So start from grade okay. five to grade eight. Uh, if you look at it, the actual learning breakdown happens between when the child is in their fourth and fifth standard, right? right? Up to third standard, there is that's capacity. That's when they actually drop out. That's when the capacity in the village exists, right? To mm-hmm. teach numbers, to teach alphabets, people are competent enough to do it, right? When they move to the 
this proper primary actually right so breakdown really happens and by the time they reach ninth right or the higher grades they have lost lot of ground it becomes very yeah. difficult to drive interventions the com- topics are complex and when you are looking at volunteer teachers they are amateur teachers they may not be really be able to write people to teach that and this is a right window where education is always a long term solution we are not looking at it as okay i teach now and then the kids gets benefited in six months time not really so it gives a nice three to four year window where you can help catch up on the missed fundamentals for the child and today the as you mentioned about this dropout the dropout was there a decade back or two decades back it was primarily in the uh, fourth and fifth third and fourth and fifth yeah. grade right yeah. uh, with with lot of government interventions it has got pushed down now to eighth standard right today eighth standard 50 60% of the children drops out not because one is of course an employable age and then the girl child have certain other physio and sociological factors to do it but predominantly uh, there is also a push factor from the system where the parents are not seeing sufficient value because of lack of quality education they choose why so my child might as well go actually make some money yeah. right and yeah. it could be even the parents are not aware that they are lacking a lack of good education also no no actually the, the society is very informed and intelligent actually uh, in fact they clearly saw in fact today also when uh, uh, your parents today say hey i am willing to send the child to the school but i am seeing nothing is happening in the school other than eating food because there is certain right. segment of society midday meals has outlived this uh, purpose they are saying headmaster to kuch nahi kar raha right they is not doing anything right. in the school or the teacher is not happening i might as well deploy there so they been deprived of that education which certain section of the parents do under yes first generation learners uh, maybe they think when the child wears good uniform go to school at 10 o'clock and come back at 4 o'clock which means he or she is learning mm-hmm. right uh, yeah. so uh, but how are you yeah. connecting these three modes so so if you can give the listeners a small brief in terms of how these three interconnects and then delivers it right then we'll go more deeper into each one of those and then definitely i'll put it as kind of two components of it one mm-hmm. is the actual nuts and bolts pieces of it where there is a digital classroom that is set up in the village Uh, which is a small a cpu projected on a big screen with a so when you refer village it's a small a school within the it's a government school within a rural village within actually rural, yeah. right. uh, a village is basically a self contained society where you have probably a 1000 to 2000 people living uh, kind of a setup actually um, uh, so you have a government school there and it we actually work with a local partner and then reach to that school and set up a digital classroom um, which is a cpu projected on a large screen with a camera Uh, good noise cancellation mic and a good coverage for 15 20 feet and we want to keep it as simple as these three gadgets uh, powered by a new ps to take care of the energy needs uh, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, powered by a broadband connectivity so how how do you pick this Uh, these villages or schools is there something yeah so maybe before going to the mechanics i should okay. talk about the what i mean by delivery model right, okay. earlier i mentioned that online is really teaching is not the innovation but the delivery model uh, what we mean is uh, there are challenges in making this remote online education happen in the rural areas right that's the mm-hmm. reason why we don't find commercial operators today not haven't pursued while the mobile have penetrated yeah, yeah. for the need so we kind of looked at three or four parameters that becomes an ingredients of this delivery market one we said we'll operate only in rural villages uh, because if you go to an urban or a semi urban there are other alternatives of education right whereas if you go to a rural government school is the only avenue of learning for the child we said we will enable access on priority and deeper the better actually in terms of your reach actually. you can always come back to an easily other easier access location the second part is how do you reach there as you asked right yeah. so we believe in this model uh, why would someone in any village or somebody sitting in bangalore should 
uh, trust or believe in what we are saying or offering we believe that the value system of our society is being having the trust and relationship and we we reach out always through a partner who has stake in that community uh, and have vested interest in seeing their society successful and uh, take that little initiative and you always find such organizations in many of these uh, rural areas actually they might so, be working uh, on different areas yeah. so mine was uh, like how do you know that these villages are probably the ideal thing i mean you started with your native town correct which correct but is there like now you have done like four years of this is right. there like some sort of a trend you see like okay this i have to go to this stage so the single place. most learning of this four years here is whether i we do a online teaching remote teaching in a village in andhra pradesh or jharkhand or tamil nadu it's no different actually right so the behavior or the response or the dynamics of these systems are exactly the same the response from the children response from the society response from the school so if you ask me if there is a criteria there are only two criteria is there a local vested interest partner who can, who is willing to take this service to the uh, village population they be the face of the project mm. right and uh, they have a stay person on the field and you have broadband connectivity or the only two criteria i would say actually right otherwise yeah. the demand is so huge it is required in yeah. every state in this country actually right now okay so now how now you already have identified a uh, and for a local organization which which helps you to set this up right now how do you the the kids go ahead and voluntarily themselves register to this program or how does they uh, so no so the wall the, the school lo- puts up an announcement or something or so the local partner becomes as we said this model we want to build it in loosely coupled model with the government schools where this is becomes a plugged in capability of the school right. Right? we don't want to tap in any resources from the school per se because there are fundamentally resource crunches and gaps in the schools so, so we engage the school continue to do their classes classes right so we have a local partner have a conversation with the school what we ask from the school here is hey provision a classroom which can be digitized okay. set up the digital classroom allow our operator from the ngo partner whom you trust actually right to maintain and operate so that i'm not passing on that responsibility to you of running the digital classroom it also eliminates your job of going and going there exactly right my partner is more interested in doing it and it's yeah. a very simple setup not very rocket science that uh, you need somebody to train it's benefited from the setup exactly okay. it, they, they find it very exciting actually to undergo even that minimal learning. learning exactly and the third ask from the school here is We, we let us know how we probably will take 2 to 3 hours in a day and complement to what you are doing okay. allow your children to follow this timetable this operator will basically bring as per our timetable to children come into this so it's within the school premise within the existing purview of the educational framework we have in this country in addition to what they are learning in exactly school. right where we want to say hey there are shortage of teachers we will bring teachers get plugged in into the school online virtually through the digital classroom right. okay so Yeah, so, uh, so we also train the teachers or yeah, so the teacher maybe a few hours in their timetable i don't know how much of plan that's what happens today right because i don't have teachers one teacher takes 6th math science english 8th sanskrit english telugu uh, right one teacher <laughs> takes all subjects for the child right they just engage the children 
right today oh, okay okay uh, by some means so, so you felt that there is actually a free window and that is the reason why I, we find today the acceptance is instant and immediate actually uh, when we reach out we have very less barriers uh, because mm-hmm. one we are not here threatening the job yeah. or the identity of the teachers right our purpose is solely to support the system and tar- the common goal between the present teachers there and these online teachers or can we make the learning better for the child so but you brought an interesting point that identity of the correct. teacher who is employed there. correct so and you talk about that age group maybe the younger kids may not realize who is better they may not do a comparison mm. but when they go upper the class will there be a scenario where they feel okay these online guys are teaching me better than i'll one. paint you a picture of jharkhand so i have 398 school children in the school and there are two teachers one of them is a headmaster actually who runs around to provide whom are they going to compare with yeah right it's clearly and then in, if you come down to andhra the definitely i mean there are pockets of excellences or actually the caliber of the people in the government system was very good actually it is just that we as a system or the society is not valuing as much the school education system hence the motivation levels of the teachers right. go down so they themselves in fact come uh, to us and say that hey we also lacking certain advance how, how the tech system is used you we don't have lab equipments you are able to show through videos right let's complement right they fundamentally they are also desirous in making it just right so all they are looking for is that support the whole accessibility that we are enabling here makes them feel very powerful actually so it's a clearly a component uh, complementing system actually uh, it's really not a, it's not a substitute or a replacement to what's going on in the government school actually. okay so coming back to that so do you also have or spend time with teachers training them on yeah so it's an interesting i'll probably bit elaborate on this uh, the the voluntary model actually right? so why some people challenge us hey how do you ensure accountability when somebody is coming forward as a volunteer actually right you are committing a teaching to the child how are you holding accountable why not paid teachers right why can't you just pay teachers hire them and make it online so we clearly saw that uh, we had a choice of two right either you pay teachers uh, we had a good advisory board and they kind of suggested by saying that either you pay really high where it becomes extremely compelling and you best bring the best of the quality right how much would you pay right what's a good pay for a teacher 30000 40000 right you still can't get those people today who are teaching in yudhiloka right there are people who are doctors there are people who are yeah. phd's there are people working in multinational so corporations where the passion we clearly saw we need to trigger on the passion of the people right the commitment that they their inherent nature so in this two years of pilot first we did we kind of clearly had a good uh, or a kind of a insight where there are two categories of people amongst the society right one set of people where they are inherently they have the teaching in their dna right uh, where to share knowledge to see help others successful there's one set of people where my parents has been a teacher my grandfather as a teacher i could not yeah. pursue the person of passion or teaching but i want to so, live with that now of a volunteer yeah volunteer right yeah. so where i, I want to teach uh, uh, sharing is inherently gives me happiness actually yeah. right i want to teach Bring see someone priority. successful yeah. and then you have another set of people where they they always in a sense of giving back to the society yeah i want to help the society where i live in i want to give back to the society which gave me a uh, good life today actually right so we clearly saw there is inner nations and then 
what is restricting to, today there are two challenges in voluntary right while it's still people overcome and follow that i'm extremely an optimistic about that uh, but there are still realistically right where i commit for say come for two weeks three weeks i go to a nearby school maybe i travel 20 kilometers to an municipal school in the town uh, even though i'm confined in the urban locality but i'm still contributing back my innate desire is being fulfilled to give back to the society but then i'm not able to give after 3 weeks right or 4 mm-hmm. weeks my family priority comes my work pressure increases or i travel now the continuity the geographical barrier one creates a constraint on the volunteering now what comp- compounds to that here is that the feeling of guilt right here i am not able to go for i didn't i committed i will go and help them and i didn't go right I so know. you kind of tend to shut down yeah. right? and, and then, then the say, students also lose interest lose interest right and then becomes very transactional in nature and what we saw in this online volunteering model is it's probably worked out as a strategy by accident where we say don't give more than 2 hours in your week and connect from wherever you are actually right all you need is an access to the system with a webcam headset and a internet access right so do these volunteers primarily from india or you have so if you just to give a perspective actually we have close to 3500 people signed up uh, oh, expressing uh, interest to kind of teach or contribute in various forms and out of which today for this year we are actively using around 200 of them actually right so actually these 200 people uh, spread across some 80 cities uh, uh, both between uh, india and abroad actually right okay. in fact the time zones work to our advantage people finish their work and yeah, come right. take a couple yeah. of classes uh, in fact we have very interesting scenarios where a volunteer actually has stood stayed up to 1 am in the night takes the class 1 am to 2 am 2 am and then hits the bed actually mm-hmm. and she said it's okay for me to do for two days mm-hmm. in a week actually yeah. right uh, we have people waking up with a cup of coffee and then saying good morning to our children here actually right and especially also, the east coast of also imagine a guy from france who can teach french to a guy, kid in jharkhand yeah <laughs> i mean you won't even get that kind of uh, paid teachers you cannot even achieve achieve it right Uh, absolutely so the value quality of these teachers i mean are uh, uh, really kind of we can extreme, we can confidently say that these are the best in class actually okay. right i'll give you a simple show, show a small story actually right? so we have our children in a center called tikratoli in jharkhand mm-hmm. where we had a guest session actually we had a we have a teacher volunteer who is doing his graduation undergraduation in computer science from stanford okay. uh, he actually brought his few friends as guests from bay area and we have actually uh, the the inventor of the google glass himself came for a 20 minutes demo session to our children oh. wearing actually a live google glass <laughs> and demonstrating to the child on how google glass works the okay. what's so interesting here is not just the connection that happens but the response he got from the children he was floored actually he thought 20 minute session over and then said okay i'm going to take a break thank you children nice talking to you he brought a lot of values and what helped him get there etc then the children said sir mere paas question hai aapke liye actually right uh that put him back so i thought it is done i said no doubt your time starts right to answer the questions back and the kind of questions children ask were kind of amazing where they say sir hamare yahan mobile ko band karna padta hai barish hota hai to right i need to switch mm-hmm. off the mobile when the rain comes do you have to switch off the glass <laughs> right uh, the person is as an inherent naturally passionate teacher he did not try to defend he went back and said yes i had to actually go back and work on the battery that is required that it doesn't get heated up and hence the technology has advanced and i'm able to we are talking about the contemporary or the future technologies to these children uh, okay. right on day one actually right uh, amazing uh, experience so they, they are giving him more user stories to build them. yeah and he with the ch- one of the child asked so, uh, sir aapko kitna time laga ke ye banna banane mein okay. right he said it took 3 years 3 years <laughs> that gave really frustrated i thought i worked hard again <laughs> 
right uh, so the children are extremely rich they are very healthy especially in the rural areas emotionally rich smart intelligent no less than any other kid across right. this planet actually uh, so brilliant so i mean that's how the volunteer value is coming to your point of training the teacher right uh, yeah. or do we have to train these volunteers the reason why i was sharing this perspective was uh, is basically this is a this kind of teachers is actually the need of the hour today that we are talking about the quality education in the urban schools tier 1 schools where while you bring the traditional teaching right you also needs to bring the teaching because these teachers when they try to teach a concept to the child they are going to teach the way how they have understood right they are going to naturally bring real life applications the, right the subject matter experts yeah that's something i even i don't know about you guys but i miss that sometimes <laughs> you study something in mathematics at that age you really don't know uh, what is this where is going why are you asking uh, to a uh, 2x is equal to 3y plus 4 right solve and x and y why <laughs> some of our teachers didn't really explain that next week correct in fact i'll take the same linear example like right of algebraic example uh, i bring this up actually in our selection discussions with teacher when they when we when we onboard them on asking hey how do you introduce a division to a child right a traditional teacher will say there is a numerator there is a denominator hence you divide yeah. division right 90% of my teachers here the standard response here is hey i will start by saying i have 20 chocolates and you have three children right how do you now consume the chocolate amongst each other they actually subconsciously bring the concept of fraction decimals right division they they explain why a particular topic is being delivered right with a real life example brings a very immense value uh, but but that children. sort of thing i mean just going by an example so i see my son's school books and all i think that's the way they teach in those Correct. schools right so why do you think this kind of material wasn't available in in that i mean very interesting points bo actually if you look at the curriculum does subscribe you know if you go to ncert actually it's very interesting it's very very highly qualitative talks about activity driven project driven etc but the challenge today here there are two challenges one how it is landed to the child two what is the purpose of that is being taught right today predominantly it is about rote learning and it is about scoring marks yeah right hey important mm-hmm. questions test is coming tomorrow hence it is being taught has been a strong driving force right we's been that's how the teachers are also tuned to do it right uh that's where the challenge is not really the prescribed syllabus or the curriculum right they do mention about showing an activity giving yeah. a example but the implementation is where the challenge that's where we find these teachers actually uh, we in fact tell them that hey our objective is not to complete the course right there is a school system that is operating our philosophy here is whatever that you are teaching the child is able to understand and apply the concept of their particular grade and level If so you don't really then so i am sure they also have a sort of a curriculum right so yes. you don't try to get into the curriculum or try to teach any of the curriculum so what you're saying is is more on the practical side of not it. really actually we still stick to the outline we are still operating the government schools we believe yeah. we have a strong framework of syllabus in place so our reference point is still the state book state board textbooks okay and we give a recommended But curriculum plan to the, the state books exactly no we do the teach the state board text as well uh, in terms of the content plan or the topic of plan but, but what yeah what we tell the teacher here is hey you have to teach the child how to do division yeah. i really don't care what approach you take oh. right as long as at the end of the topic coverage at end of the term we run assessments right where yeah. we say hey is the child able to do division right is what our goal is yeah. uh, now in the process the teacher may use any methodology the core value proposition in this model is the people whom we are bringing in right and then so, they are, so that's that's another interesting metric right so mm-hmm. have you seen like say before you came in let's take like, division as an example so kids were in able to really catch that concept 
mm. and you presented a practical approach to it right you saw a difference in things i mean are you measuring any of those we no? do have certain measurements in place in terms of we have four performance measures of this model but without getting there actually uh, i would look at i'll take an example of actually english teaching right, right? here are these tribal kids in our top slip center uh, which is actually 11 kilometers deep inside a forest reserve in border of tamil nadu and kerala Mm-hmm. these children come from nearby hamlets 5 6 kilometers away daily to this school run by the forest department where they have not seen anyone other than the elephants <laughs> deers and the forest uh, anti poaching watching people actually okay. right that's what they have seen and exposed to it they won't even raise their head and speak actually right and uh, we have a teacher actually from new zealand who is actually dean of the english department in an university uh, college in new zealand uh 54 years old actually uh she has actually taught in various type of children in across middle east africa okay. india mm-hmm. and final right now based in new zealand teach these kids actually so we had one actually a foreigner visiting that place and our local partner was there along with us and then uh, the local partner was shell shocked to hear these children responding back to that foreigner's question <laughs> saying hey what it was simple what is your name which standard are you studying the child children were actually responding understanding that accent and replying back in the same language he saying even i don't understand the accent of the foreigner right my tribal yeah. kids who are saying right we then saw went back this person from new zealand actually she uses the accent way how it is used there right the child especially the language yeah. is like how do you use learn mother tongue yeah yes. It's a natural conversation, right? The more you do conversation, what is more important is help remove the inhibitions that the child has, establish that rapport. So this teacher has been teaching, and uh, the most beautiful story from the child here is uh, rather than trying to show a differential impact, this tribal child came back and told us, "Sir, this till this date, nobody asked me to express myself." Right? Yeah. This teacher has taught the entire class to actually yeah. tell about what is their name. which village they come from what colors they like who are their best friends right and what is their favorite food five sentences and used this as a mechanism to speak english right talking about your application oriented right so uh, again that that point right i i see i mean you have children i mean i'm sure they're studying in bangalore and yes i, mean, I see this sort of education is what they are getting in bangalore obviously i mean they do role plays all those Correct. things to make it so if it is the same curriculum if the same cbse i don't know how different is it from yeah state every state, state has their own syllabus yeah. actually but pretty much many so of them are always not i mean again government has in thought about why is this sort of an education is good in like an urban city like bangalore and why that sort of a thing is not put in i mean a rural so village actually yeah. Uh, you are talking about the teaching methodology or the way how the connection yeah, the is being made actually so why are those teachers in rural not uh, trained not them. trained or why are they not let's say put on a sort of an assignment let's say in chennai or in another coimbatore sort of an area in in, in tamil nadu itself and see how these teachers teach so you trace back to the original problem statement we talked about right one is a scale right today there are investments from the government on teacher training in fact every teacher has a mandatory training of 2 weeks uh every year actually right that person has to undergo but there are other lot of constraints in the government system if you ask what is the single most challenge the teacher will say i have a 100 administrative work that i have to do right. there is elections coming i have to go man the poll booth i have to give daily report of the mm. midday meal that is consumed the teacher is being dragged into many other resources right 
as i said there are and then it has been accumulatively over a period of time the teachers interest levels in the whole teaching has come down actually right that goes back to really otherwise there is nothing the system if you define look at the government system it is no less than what say happens in a private school right they talk about activity based learning they invest they have the teacher training they have actually necessary resources of even procuring lab materials etc right. it's a implementation last mile efficiency is where the difference is if you go even you find the similar challenges in government schools in urban town also actually okay right you will find the similar inefficiencies and uh, challenges that exist right so it is equally applicable right uh, now if you look at so that's again an interesting point you made right so it is essentially i have seen lot of parents don't put their kids in government school for whatever reason i mean it's not cool enough or whether they feel education is not up to the mark because i studied in a government school actually. right so which which place is it from salem right? salem okay so why is that that kind of sort of a thought process is there in 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 people living in very interesting i think we should need to talk about the stakeholder parent actually right yeah uh, that's why we ca- keep talking about the government school in rural villages right salem is still a tier 3 town right so we're talking about villages that are 15 kilometers 20 kilometers down one the most of them are first generation learners right the first time someone in the family is coming to the school right. so parents have no idea about this whole yeah. school right so the co- context is very different between a rural right. village and a city actually right even a tier 3 town um to the parental uh expectation from the education system we have come long way right what we are seeing is what we see today right the parents have seen especially in the tier 3 towns and the nearby villages that a good school means i am wearing a nice uniform i am going on time right and i am speaking reasonable english i am telling what is my name in it right that's advanced version of it but going on an uniform uniform going every day to the school and coming back means good education which is what the private schools are offering actually right the core of the challenge continues to exist no, that mindset is there in even in urban yeah yeah uh, that's what i'm saying so, so i'm not so really the, super expensive schools correct, are there are the, even if you take urban schools there are challenges of teachers right yeah. uh, i want to probably connect with the uh, volunteering accountability point that i talked about and the teacher challenge right. right if you peel the onion and look at it the core challenge of quality people teaching children is still a you know mm-hmm. if universal phenomena right when people ask actually hey how do you hold accountable back to the voluntary point uh, where today empirically we have seen when we were five centers and 20 teachers and when we were 15 centers and uh, 80 teachers and uh, today we are uh, 25 centers and uh, 200 centers uh, 200 teachers uh, we clearly see a pattern that at least 50% of the teachers continue for the, through the year in a voluntary as one teacher is assigned to a particular subject grade grade Uh, another 20% actually at this total they will continue that is 70% or they at least do a minimum of two terms right there at least six months of the teaching and then 30% is the actual churn or attrition yeah uh, which we actually do by backup and planning process when I, when we look at a quality school in a town right people today the attrition rate is 40% right uh, in a well paid uh, uh, commercial or a, a professionally run private schools right so today we are offering from 0 to 70% 60% to the children that's value created actually right hence we believe it is actually an accountable model that can be evolved uh, to do it so the problem of teacher quality does exist in both urban and rural there's no difference But wh- what i see as a plus in your thing is the fact you which happens basically on for a teacher to take division for like many years can be easily exactly change here because you can just change a volunteer 
So he is new, and then he wants to take division again. Right. So <laughs> you have that kind of option where it just basically eliminates that attitude part, which the teacher has to go through year and year. For okay. your system, it just makes it much more easier for you to say, okay, now this guy is like really bored in max. Just kick him out, and then get a new guy. Correct. In, that's what we're trying to implement. What's called a teacher quality framework now. Uh, where we can actually objectively provide certain mechanisms on these voluntary teaching models actually where there is a self-reflective mechanism but that's a we are still in the process of evolving that that just brings an interesting one more point actually people say hey two hours in a week is sufficient right Uh, if you look at the math at a holistic picture if i give two hours in a week i get to do at least 40 at even at a 65 percent efficiency i get to do 40 to 45 sessions per course that is a sixth max or a sixth science every course Right? And typically a concept takes three to four sessions. Right. So if 45 sessions are delivered either by one or two or maybe max three teachers uh, in a year, you can deliver easily eight to nine concepts actually, right? which is almost 60-70% of the curriculum. Uh, it was triggered by the point when Subo asked actually, hey, uh, the time taken when I'm using a real-time approach, right? the time taken to learn a concept is very quick. quick right? yeah. The only challenge today we face, I mean, it's not that everything is hunky-dory, only challenge we face today here is on the mathematics, especially for fifth and sixth, is the tables actually. Right? Tables, yeah. the best way is to memorize. Right? So yeah. So, yeah, so we got to kind of, we are, we are clearly overcoming our bias, saying that everything has to be concept driven. Uh, but I think something like a tables is uh, fundamental and we said we probably love to invest in doing that. And the second challenge that we face today in this is the readability of the child. Right? Interesting story where the, the teacher was saying, hey, uh, the, the child the child scored like 2 out of 20 in an assessment. And the teacher was shocked saying, hey, why is uh, this child used to be extremely participative in the class, answered all my questions that whatever that I taught in it. I thought he is the topper of my class. When we kind of probe and uh, finally try to understand, actually, he is not able to read what is written in the paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Is another challenge that we are seeing. How do you bring that? Uh, of a language. Yeah, readability language is. He didn't understand what the question was. Right. If the you same question is. the concept. Correct. So we find where the value is created, but there are certain this readability and things we need to kind of integrate into our model of teaching um, and also focus on that area. A couple of chal- basic challenges still continue to exist. Um, but every hour that is spent with the child is a value created actually to them. But I, I, I see this mobilizing volunteers is in a very interesting model. Right. And I there is a lot of value in terms of how you utilize these people actually. Correct. Because they can deliver immense amount of value to the kids actually. That's really is the uh, soul of Ividiloka yeah. where uh, the technology piece that comes in which enables or uh, we have the responsibility of how do you process, how do you engage, how do you kind of sustain their levels into the teaching and use the technology as an enabler in driving up this efficiency and scale, uh, which we clearly are seeing very encouraging as we see in the last three to four years of uh, experience. So, uh, coming to your uh, NGO startup story, mm, so what are those challenges you have faced or where are areas where you feel there is a lot of improvement needs to be done uh, as a model, NGO model itself. So, if you see, I mean, there is a lot of educational innovations that are happening uh, in this country today, actually, very exciting times. Uh, few, few perspectives or insights in that here is, uh, as a country, as a regulatory system, promotes sees education as a charitable cause, actually, right? Uh, while the startups and certain modes, we are also talking about financial sustainability today yeah. when you bring in an innovative idea on a startup uh, mode. Uh, we kind of looked at different options, right? You could either be a 
for profit commercial enterprise uh, who can offer this service and get paid for it uh, or you can actually be a section 25 company right uh, where you can actually make investments make revenues etc but we chose the trust model um, uh, which is a pure charitable trust uh, atg 12a uh, regulated okay. where it is run through donors and these things uh, is purely uh, from a vehicle we chose this vehicle because it keeps the administrative overheads minimal because as a startup you are always yeah. going to be constrained for resources actually right the administrative overhead and the legal barriers are kind of less and two it provides the makes the entry very easy actually the barriers of entry if you are going to go to a school and then say i am a non profit and i want to do this yeah. right? right your entry into it is very very easy compared to saying you know what i'm bringing the school digital classroom pay 10 hours 10 rupees per hour actually right so there lot we'll say thank you right uh, we, we cannot charge the students we cannot pay for it i are you here to make yeah, money yeah. right so a lot of entry from overhead for them to make account for this expenses exactly right and then especially when you are in a startup mode experimenting a new model so this choice of a non profit uh, helps us to stay focus on the cost stay focus on the service delivery stay focus on the child actually right uh, and we were able to win the trust and um, right. uh, relationship with the uh, school system and we live up to the spirit of it so uh, at least in the space of education it's kind of helped us now having a non profit it doesn't require any less in the form of professional uh, engagement yeah, totally. we we do have our three year strategy we have done a balance scorecard exercise to arrive at our uh, strategy maps and then so that uh, because the challenge the resource constraints are even more challenging here actually, right uh, mm-hmm. and you are accountable for publicly donated uh, fund mm-hmm. but if you are able to demonstrate that professionalism efficiency in operating and the transparency in which way you work uh, actually the public donation is a good source of funding for you to sustain your operations and grow for a reasonable amount of time uh, is what our experience uh, has been into uh, so i don't know about any other model will help you in the sense i mean this is a kind of a twisting the question but you said it's also a challenge in urban areas right mm-hmm. i think money is not a constraint So parents are ready to invest on it. Right. So do, uh, can you show like a practical form of education, which even some of the top schools or government schools in in urban areas? Very interesting lacking. point. As you said, money do is definitely. Do you want to see that as a donation thing to drive a bigger cost? In fact, uh, one of the personal drivers when we say, "Hey, how, how will we evolve this as a social enterprise?" Uh, as we said, in terms of the funding needs, we actually deprioritized this to our second year to probably subsequent years. Uh, where you may not necessarily look for making profits but you definitely can have revenue generation streams yeah. Right? Yeah. where i can offer the same service say to a tier 2 private school yeah. right or a tier 3 where there is shortage of teachers but we have consciously taken a choice that first is important to demonstrate service quality right uh, prove that hey you can actually deliver quality education on this vehicle so we actually had confined our focus to 3 years while uh, two uh revenue streaming options that we kind of uh, brainstormed begin which is kind of very valid, uh, straightforward approaches where one this digital classroom that we put in the village right is a very high powerful resource where you have computing power with broadband connectivity right the whole world is in your thing today only 3 to 4 hours of the class yeah. is being utilized right if you can evolve a livelihood model around it where the remaining of the time can be used for providing other g2c services or train tickets printing all services if you can drive a livelihood of it it can actually create a sustainable model um, locally and then on the back end as you mentioned actually right so if the same service is delivered to say somebody who can afford pay for it right? correct 
at this point in time both are equally viable that can bring in it right so all you need is appropriate strategy positioning and uh, so uh, reaching have, out yeah, to it. i mean many startups we have seen as a trend they literally fail like after one year two year that's been exactly because the focus actually goes into may so now revenue we have thrashed all you've done four years successfully right are you thinking real strategy for the scale that we are looking at we still believe we are small actually right okay. uh, our goal is basically uh, our, our we are today we are at 25 villages Uh, across three states uh, covering around 1250 children when we finished the pilot uh, of five schools two years back we said we will do for three years uh, across 50 villages uh, five states and reach say up to 3000 children right and have 400 500 teachers teaching in it is a reasonable demonstrable productionized version where he say hey it's 3000 children is like a good mid size school actually right yeah. uh, is a is a compelling Uh, showcase piece where you can go to the children because today we are, we are talking about 70 80 million children actually right to reach in it where we are saying the journey is very long right yeah. so we believe it is still a uh, uh, fledgling stage we would probably need to spend couple of more years and for which the financial input if, if you are able to deliver quality service there are people who are willing to contribute for the cost of education right. right if you are able to demonstrate the learning in the child if you are able to demonstrate show in it we don't see that funding as a constraint Uh, for at least an extended year or two so we have kept the revenue priority which might be a distraction at this point in time and uh, said we will focus on actually narrowing or baselining or uh, cap, uh, crystallize the uh, service delivery quality actually uh, no, of this class is also seriously look at this uh, look at the, the the one which you explored or what he suggested also keep one on the uh, on the front where it is driving the cost part of it and the other one part where you have the material you have generated out of that right. and then how to package and deliver that to people who are ready to pay pay for it, it. correct so we we are probably in the cusp of it actually yeah, that would be something i feel it would drive you get markets on the urban side as well you also have a cause oriented thing which is going on and then just continue to do and then just continue to evolve and there is another model which will try to create on a create a material where that which is useful to people absolutely so it's all about basically i mean creating assets and ip that are kind of uh, value proposition and i don't uh, see any anything wrong in making use of that actually right so our professional experience what has taught us uh, subo is basically to have the clear messaging and positioning especially when you're dealing with large number of society right so we as i said we probably on the cusp of it right uh, we want to kind of make sure that the trust is retained today we have 3000 people believed that uh, we are there to help the child right if we don't position that appropriately right and if the wrong messaging goes saying that hey we are making money by using this small system might actually derail the whole project right while our intentions are pure and clear yeah. but in a mass right. social oriented things you have to be extremely careful in basically That's right Our donors want to have that clarity, so that's why we want to leverage in the third year. Basically, put that processes frameworks in place where there is complete transparency in how things are operating, right? And probably even differentiate the two operations. Exactly. Right? It it yeah. does require certain I investments. Was about to tell you that. Yeah, right. And differentiate. So spin up that as an independent organization. Correct. Which will basically fund this as an. Yeah. So that's a model. A, which. takes a chunk of the revenue from the organization and fund this this operation correct so spending 15 years in the industry kind of clearly tells that it is doable yeah. but you need yeah. to do the groundwork and appropriate uh, fr- uh, necessary compliance frameworks and uh, communications with the market so we probably will be doing that uh, but as i said the third year is our focus for delivering what we have chartered with actually right then we would start on 
because we believe it is we will eventually of course we have to get financially sustainable actually right uh, these are all some of the strategies which we know will work you put the necessary ground for build the foundation stronger actually uh, at this third year we don't want to lose that focus and build the okay. foundation so that we can build a nice high story building so actually. is there a, let's say you learn so much things on where this systemic problems are uh, in terms of better teachers systemic issues and mm-hmm. all that is there an avenue where you can sh- go and share some of this back to the government is there something like that so uh, they can adopt this in other cities without help from an organization like yours You, Correct. Like that's the program. that's a desired outcome at the end of three years, Saki. Right. So where the way how it will scale from say fifty to five hundred schools or fifty to five thousand schools, right? Fifty to fifty thousand schools. The way how it will evolve can be of various models, Saki. Right. So where EV Dilloga itself would scale to a certain extent, there can be hundreds of EV Dilloga crops up. The government might just pick up as a model, just the name that is there in it. so uh, we actually taken very documented approach uh, when i say actually there are, if i have to summarize the scalability replicability and sustainability part um, the replicability comes from our process approach actually right so where we have the all the operational processes are uh, documented we actually evolve process version 1.2.0 3.0 of a framework called plan deliver monitor feedback for the operations there is a assessment framework for evaluating the learning outcome and there is a teacher framework for man- okay. ma- handling the teachers right so the process framework allows replicability the partnership model right drives the sustainability in the local villages operationally actually right so where there is a local interest that person is not going to go anywhere else he stay put there actually and then going to take care of the schools uh, year over year actually right and then the technology piece brings the scale to the whole thing right yeah. moment i start automating the processes Uh, as i replicate the technology brings the scale part of it right so uh, our goal is right now to kind of focus on that processes and capture uh, and as you rightly said this is required when we want to replicate right tomorrow if yeah. the government want to implement it we'll have a system to go handle right so we want to be get that at least a version based baseline version of say what we call it as 3.0 at the end of 3 years would be that where you just mentioned about actually right where we can tell hey here are the learnings this is work this didn't work right if at all we want to now add another 100 centers for follow these these things we will be able to add right? and we have the desire of actually the third year will be run 50 schools with some say 400 500 teachers we have an aspirational goal of actually building a pipe of 1000 2000 teachers and keep ready okay right mm-hmm. because when i go to the government now right or if someone wants to pick it the biggest undetermined indeterminate factor in the whole model here is hey how do you know how many teachers are there right yeah uh, maybe i'll take a minute kind of why we believe that uh, uh, somebody ask you so okay, how much teach, how many teachers you can bring what is the scale size right two ways we look at it one as a target saying today the shortage of teachers in this country is close to 1.2 million actually right okay. and we believe even if we can raise 100000 teachers through this model next 10 years 12 years 15 oh. years we are able to address 10% of the system somebody ask you how are you sure you are able to bring 100000 people right we had two maths or a demographic research done here right? on one side uh, if you look at it the there are since 1992 to today right there are 40 million graduates mm-hmm. who had crossed out of as per ugc records actually right? gone various parts of the country right, right. even if 0.05% 0.025% is brought back in this model from wherever they are we are talking about 100000 okay. right uh, it's a number which we believe is worthy 
aspiration uh, we also did another as uh, uh, backdrop of where we took the population census wise right applied the literacy rate for the cities right and in that we applied the say 1% is graduated population so is that a challenge for you i mean look so the challenge here is able to handle them once they there are people who are willing as i said today i have 3000 people i'm using only 200 of them yeah that's what yeah. the real challenge is build that system that's why we don't want to go hit into this revenue streaming or go to the school before we get this right actually, right uh, so we need to find models in which are the engagements that it will handle this process makes the whole process seamless uh, then it's ready to scale actually when you go for uh, scales after that uh, you, your system will sustain at that operating level actually okay so you also work with your other organizations or very similar to you we do kind of draw learnings uh, if you look at it okay what is evidiluka solving world hunger not really actually you are on another uh, partner player in an ecosystem so today there are a lot of as i said exciting times very inter- multiple innovations are happening you can look at it like three four buckets actually right? one is on the specifically on the teacher space there is a lot of interventions by the government in terms of the teacher training developing more teacher training institutes uh, etc then you have non governmental interventions like azim premji university or teach for india who are working on the space of training and developing teachers towards quality education then you have the other bucket where there is lot of focus on interesting contents actually right? both physical and digital actually right? where digital contents multimedia graphics are present to make the learning more uh, fun and learning happy uh, easier for the child etc and then third is on the infrastructure side actually where you put computers or you have this smart boards and interactive boards like of the edcoms where the contents is loaded uh, etc where we see evidiluka is basically somewhere in the combination of it while the teacher training happens the teachers part is the brick and mortar part of it or the uh, digital part of it in the form of contents or which is a combination of click and mortar uh, where we have a physical classroom uh, digital classroom uh, digital contents are used but real teachers are connecting through the medium actually right it's so a combination of click and mortar uh, so especially in the space of contents we derive we leverage lot of contents from say content uh, con academy or teachers of india Uh, or existing other multimedia contents in the net like right. both guru and so what so you, we, you leverage all of them yes yeah. so we have built an aggregation platform called wikividya which is built on top of the media wiki engine uh, where the cont- organized in the form of board subjects topics and grades right so uh, sorry chapters and for every chapters you have starting from textbook reference lesson plans videos assessments worksheets projects etc so today there is tons of content that are available in the net right. right it's all about aggregation one challenge is the vernacularity of the content which is what the teachers are filling in now today uh, right. so so even though there are a lot of experiments actually the teachers consume it and then share it with the children actually so uh, we do kind of leverage the other players no but the, the, the i want to just want to tell you some personal story basically if i try to learn something like cryptography from all the online university and stuff like i start well i do it like 3 weeks 4 weeks and then i cannot move ahead with that uh it could be time or i get bored or i cannot focus or something right. but the model i see where in your case it is much much better than the online university content is you need a very high motivation level to learn a online thing actually right and you you need to solve those problems projects and everything and you need to be very very highly motivated to do it but mm-hmm. in your case what happens is like that it is like a regular learning experience like going to school actually 
So you don't have the voluminous of all the contents in Content, front correct. of you. You have a teacher who is curating who's the content and giving you what and is. And he is giving you only what you need to learn on that week. I think another interesting point is the the age also matters a lot. Right? Correct. Because you are very very open minded and that sort of an age you are what even even the lower targeting. They are like whatever knowledge comes to. to they want to grasp actually. They want to grasp. I mean, but we tend to filter. No, but for, as you grow older, your learning curve also comes up. But the thing, more or most of the time, I get demoralized or demotivated is because when I look at all the chapters available in front of me, <laughs> like, I yeah. look at the total something like I have to learn another hundred and twenty-eight hours. That basically just pushed me off. <laughs> so here the, te- the teacher is filtering that out for you and exactly. giving you so the child focus on that day, that class, that what is so being I taught. I sign actually. up and then I see and then I progress like in three months. I progress only forty hours of my learning and I have another two hundred hours sitting mm-hmm. there with me. I, that just completely demotivates me. Right. And then one, I mean, fundamental learning, or we're also realizing in this model, being children especially, right? While we said that we are focusing on academics. the child is learning a lot more than just academics we really re- re- realize that it is only 30 or 40% of what the, the max science and english that is being taught but they actually oh, look up the skills. teacher yeah it's life skills right they look yeah. up the teacher the teacher share their personal experiences yeah. stories values the core value of a teacher actually right uh, today we find the 32 inch lcd tv in a school has become window to for the child who has seen only their Uh, teachers right. or the postman or the policeman right is now today seeing doctors engineers successful people uh, healthy friendly people in fact uh, as early yeah, as yesterday yeah and then they are like nicely talking uh, in fact the relations is actually bhaiya didi between the online teacher and <laughs> this thing it is never a teacher student relation because the for the 65% as for our democracy is in the age group of 25 to 30 right or right. even i would say 20 to 30 actually where the gap between the student and the child is very less yeah So we can go on and on, but I think uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, so it's it's an amazing story. So thanks for coming in, Venkat. So um, so if if people are interested in Evidyalokas course, uh, you can visit their site evidyalokas.org. So we'll put uh, the links on the show notes. Yeah, we'll also put the link on show notes, and so. it's a great site. You can go and learn about all their accomplishments so far, what they have, they've been doing. Uh, you can also, uh, if you are willing to, you can also donate there. So I have to do with my disclaimer. I, I was one of the early donors. Donors, yes. So, <laughs> so anyway, it's 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 a great talking to you. Um, yeah, fantastic so actually. We also like to chat with your co-founder, obviously. Maybe sometime in the future. Definitely, put in a word with so him. So keep going. Uh, congrats on your fourth anniversary. Yes. Um, Thank you, folks, and it's a very long journey. Uh, uh, I, was there, begun, I was actually. there on that event, actually. Yeah, right. yeah I think you invited me. I think I couldn't join. Yeah. Now we'll get the cake on the for <laughs> as well, actually. Sure. So thanks a lot, folks. Yeah, thank you. So I want to catch up some on cricket. I mean, we started with that. I mean, just maybe a minute or so. <laughs> I mean, I was totally shocked uh, in the evening against South Africa. Yes, not. <laughs> <laughs> So when when the World Cup started, I should admit. I mean, I thought India will not go anywhere. With the sort of performance they showed with the Australia tour, it was really 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 bad. But I, I definitely rekindled my interest in game of cricket again, which I know about yeah, for last five years. No, I actually watch only World Cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I stop watching all other forms. I mean, Subhu is a big fan of T20, but I don't watch any. Yeah, I'm even looking forward to the UAE match on this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you look at interesting thing is 
India always raises their game in World Cups. Uh, they play exceptionally well in most of the, at least in 2003-7, if you look at every World Cup, they always raise their game. Right. So they have, it was expected that they will do it at this point of time also. So <laughs> that didn't surprise me as it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so there are some interesting games coming up. I don't know, the UAE may not be that great, but I think Ireland is playing really well. Yeah, Ireland might be a surprise actually. Interesting days. This game is amazing, brutal innings what Chris Gale played against the Bubbe. I hope he is not in that form and he is playing against us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good wish, uh, best wishes for your... And uh, the reason. best part of India South Africa matches, there is a 90,000 live audience on the ground MCG. Right. So 86,000. It is like double the size of... India-Pakistan. No, no, double the size of Kolkata. Kal- Eden, oh. Yeah, Eden Garden is like 50,000 is the capacity. So this is about 90,000 is the capacity. And, and this is probably the first time 86,000 people were attended that match. Right. The ground had the capacity all the time. But Australia never had anything which is like filling at this side. <laughs> it was really a mocha for India. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't see anything. You know, these guys raise their game and then I hope they'll play, continue to play well. And we stayed relevant till the last day of the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. So all the best, India. So with that, that's a wrap for episode six. Again, thanks. Uh, 